Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Hello once again, everybody. Alongside my man, Jason Dumas, this is indeed Dan Devone. Been a minute. What's up, my man? How you been? Been good, man. Moving a mile a minute. You know how it is. Covering that, uh, were you down in Vegas, down in Sin City doing your thing? I was. It was. My first summer league experience, it was amazing. I Have you ever been to summer league? I have, man. Too hot for me. Too hot for me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, if you get the intimacy with the players and everything. But I also like to get out to the pool, do my thing. and I can't roll in 110, 115. See, I thrive in the heat. Really? I'm a summer baby. I was out there, tank tops, walking down the strip. It was fun. Yeah. And then it was good. It was good hoops. It was a lot of good players out there, obviously. I really liked the Keegan Murray cat who's going to be up in Sacramento. I got to see the Warriors a couple times, too. So, you know, you're a hooper. It's fun just to watch hoops in the summer. No, no, I get you. We'll get into that coming up in just a bit. I want to hear all all of the inside and all your knowledge and what happened out in Vegas. And, of course, get into James Wiseman. Talk about the kid, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and where your thoughts, your initial thoughts on the return of James Wiseman. Again, my man Jason Dumas from Cron 4, sports director also, when it comes to hoops, inside knowledge, this man has got it covered better than anybody. Wanted to start here, however. Don't be covering dirt on my San Francisco Giants just yet. <laughs> that What a win last night. My man. They needed it. I'll tell you what. Walk it off, Yastrzemski. Don't forget last year, down 7 nothing to Arizona. He had the big grand slam home run. They came from behind to win that thing, which sort of turned the worm. I don't know, man. Is that one of those games? Is that one that we look back on and say, okay, that's a signature, baby. That's what got you going. That's what got you to the playoffs. Ah, man, people are probably going to be mad at me, but I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. Something about this team, like, even even after an emotional win like that, couldn't you? I they. They haven't been able to put together a stretch all year, a, a prolonged one. Now, I think people are still have the nostalgia of that 107 win and just thinking that they might be able to turn it on and get to a get to that point. But I, a lot of those guys last year, remember, had career years, and they've kind of come back 
to earth. We see it with Brandon Crawford. Um, what's his name? Uh, late night Lamont hasn't been much magic, and that is my guy. Uh, so you hope, but I'm just going to say it, and I'm sure you, you might agree with this. The team is just boring. They they need someone to move the needle. They need a star. The Giants need a star on this roster. This market is a star city. Every team in the market has a star. It's always been like that since I covered sports, since I rooted for sports. Buster Posey left, and they haven't really brought in any star appeal to the roster. Now, they get by, you know, in Gabe Kapler's tenure, they've, they've been fine. You know, they this first year they just missed the playoffs. Last year obviously was a magical season. This year they'll probably sneak in the playoffs. I really do believe that. But you need to get a star. You need to get a star over there in that organization. It's getting a little, little meh. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. As excited as I am about the win, I think from an overview, you're right. There's a void there. I mean, Barry Bonds is in the rearview mirror. You talked about Buster Posey. There's no reason, even if you're meh, to spend money and go watch the team. I'll spend money and watch Fernando Tatis, even if the Padres aren't good. Back in the day, people would go watch Ichiro, regardless of what the record was for the Mariners. Right. You don't have that sort of draw when it comes to the Giants. And more importantly, in terms of wins and losses, you don't have that sort of everyday player that is a superstar that could say, jump on my back, you know, I'll get us through some tough times. But I don't want that to somehow minimize or mitigate for what it was they did last night. That was a great win. The Giants down 5-2, going into the bottom of the ninth against one of the best closers in baseball, Just Josh Hader. say that, but against a great closer, that's what made it even better. He, he doesn't do that. He doesn't blow saves. All right, let's get to the home run montage, and then we'll continue the conversation. Bart hits a high drive to left. He got this one. It's home run number six. Well, the criticism of him earlier is that he was not hitting the fastball well. You can put that to rest. Ruff hits a drive. Deep left center field. Out of here. Hader gives up a pair. High drive in the center field. Davis on the to him, Kipe. Yeah, just for a night, just for a moment, just for about 10 seconds, I'm raising my voice, and it's back. I'm feeling it. Now, we may come back down to earth and they get blank today, but <laughs> the Giants walk it off. By the way, just some, just to give you some retrospect, that is the first walk-off Grand Slam home run since Bobby, that would be Bobby Bonds, the father of Barry Bonds, did it back in 1973 as Carl Yastrzemski Again, with that team down 5-2, to two, circling the drain, a team that simply cannot hit. <laughs> if you were to tell me, I want, actually, I want to know anybody that happened to watch that game, and I know we got giant faithful out there, but come on, man. Come clean. How many of you actually kept the faith and, and felt they had a shot? Down 5-2, not hitting, haven't had a hit in like five innings, haters on, he's a left-hander. I mean, you're getting up and you're going to bed. You're getting up and you're just you're doing something else. And then, boom, home run by Joey Bart. I was going to say my man Joey Bart, but <laughs> I had that dude going back to the minors. I thought he was trash from day one. You're my so boy! Joey Bart gets out. Darren Ruff gets out. 
and then you get a flare. I think it was by Slater, and then Mercedes gets hit, and then here comes Estrada with a little dunker, bases loaded, and Yastrzemski says sayonara, walks it off with a grand slam home run. Man, I am still feeling it. I am. I'm. This is what I was talking about the other night. Have I hated? Have I like jumped all over the Giants for some of the things that you pointed out? Hell yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. And now I'm all on board. Now I'm feeling good. Now I'm saying maybe, maybe, maybe you could ride this thing. Maybe this, you're not that far away. You guys have been one hit away from a lot of games, and the defense sucked last night. It can only get better. Anything wrong with me being, am I a bandwagon? Am I a guy that's just ebbing and flowing? Am I a guy that's whatever the weather's about? But am I that guy that's just now, I hated him last week and now I like him? Is there anything wrong with that as a professional fan? No, especially with this group, because that's what happens when you don't have star appeal. Like, Like you said, even when your team is bad, sometimes if they have a guy that'll just get your butt in the seat, you'll go and watch. This is a really easy team to be in in on and then out on from a day-to-day basis, essentially, because there's not, not that one guy really who you can just gravitate to. But last night was fun. Um, the problem with this team, another one, is just they've lost. A, last year, they won all the close games. This year, it feels like every close game they are in, they lose. They have lost so many heartbreaking games. They've lost a heartbreaker just two nights ago in the series opener against the Brewers. So it was awesome to see them get this win. Like you said, maybe it'll rally the troops. Maybe it'll give them some momentum going forward. The Brewers are a really good team. I thought there was no way they'd pull that out against that closer. He's just, he's one of those guys. He doesn't blow saves. He rarely does. And I was actually out. I was, I was in the Marina last night and the whole bar was watching that. Where were you in the Marina, man? Doing your thing. I was at the Brixton. Oh, okay, on, on Union? Yeah, I was on Union Street. I was at the Brixton. We're all circled You're around the now? TV. You're single now? What's up with that? No, no, I have a lady. I have a lady. What are you doing at Brixton? There's no reason to take a date <laughs> to the Brixton. You know that. I was I was with my guy. All I was right. with my guy. We're watching, we're watching baseball. And uh, once that ninth inning came around, the whole bar was fixated on the TV. And boom, went crazy. Soon as Yastrzemski got that hit and... You know, that's the type of energy the Giants need. and But, you know, they've kind of done it to themselves. You know, the baseball attendance is down across the league. So this isn't a San Francisco problem, per se. I'm not saying that, but it's cold out there at that park. You got to give them a reason to go. You just do. No one's going to sit and freeze their butt off in July to watch. I'm sorry, just to, to watch this team. Last year, maybe because they're so good, but... When when you just got a middle ground team without any name recognition on the roster, who's going to freeze their butt off? If you're from Milwaukee, if you're from Arizona, anybody's a visiting team and you're sitting out there in center field, you got to be saying, where the hell am I? It's July, for Christ's sake. It's July, and it looks like Transylvania. I'm freezing. <laughs> San Francisco, man, I get you. That, is- yo, that is, as someone who is not from here... <laughs> Calls this my second home now. Been here four years next month. I love it out here in the Bay Area. These are my people. But the biggest mistake people make when they come out here to visit is going to a Giants game, not realizing it's right there on that bay. Soon as that sun goes down, they're running to the team store to grab a hoodie. I've had so many friends make that mistake. I'm like, bro, 
You got to bundle up. It doesn't matter if it's summer. It gets chilly. So I'm going to give it up to my man, Jason Dumas, because you guys know that I'm all about the city. If I cross either bridge, I don't know where the hell I am, man. Give me GPS. Give me a roadmap. <laughs> Seriously, I don't leave this. I'm a city rat. I'm a city dweller. I live in this city. I'm going to die in this, in this sewer. My man, Jason Dumas, same way. He's the one guy I've seen outside of 95-7, the game I've actually run into and where? In the streets of San Francisco. He's holding it down. He's in the city as well. I don't know. Maybe, you, maybe you'll end up in the East Bay. Maybe you'll go out to the North Bay. Maybe you'll do your thing and get out. I'm a city slicker, man. Thank you. City slicker. Uh, if I stayed out here full time, I'd probably be in the city the entire time. Maybe I'd go over to the town. I love it over there, too. But that's just, I'm in my element. I love I love walkable places. This is a very walkable city. Oh, yes, it is. I like to play hoops. There's a lot of public courts out here. Get some rec. So you're getting that run down. Uh, it's called Rochambeau where you're playing. I think yeah. it's on 25th and, and between Lake and California. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you are. Well, you got to get out. Have you been to the Panhandle yet? I have not. Okay. And you've told me about that Panhandle's before. Panhandle's all right. I don't, do you run full over there at Rochambeau? Or they yeah. Run full? Okay, I yeah. don't know if they're running full. over there. It's always been a, it's sort of a weak half-court game. And the problem with the Panhandle is that you get that sort of, you know, unfortunately you get a lot of the sort of meth heads and the druggies who are sort of hanging around in that area and then some want to get into a game and it gets sloppy and you're like, all right, dude, I'm out of here. Look, I love what I do, so I'm not complaining, but my work schedule is awful for playing pickup basketball. It's just, when all the good runs are going on, I'm either in a suit in the studio or I'm in this booth. Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings. If you, Saturday mornings, no matter where you are in the country, you'll find a run. That's true. Saturday mornings, if you can get up, there's usually, I don't know where the that game is now. Jason has to be a little more disciplined on Friday nights. <laughs> no, dude, if you've ever, here's a, here's a pointer for all you kids out there. I've had some of my best, best games, both playing baseball back in the day when I was doing this thing competitively. And sometimes if you have a few the night before, it takes the edge off the next day. Because we all have a tendency to overthink right. sports. Like, oh, what do I do? I'm nervous. Like, it's oh, it's game point. I don't want to take this thing. You're still a little buzzed from the night before. Let me get this, man. I got this. Whereas if you're in your normal set of mind, maybe you don't take that shot. I have no idea where we're going with this. <laughs> By the way, I want to set the stage or just set us up for today. Julie Inkster, one of our favorites. Of course, member of the World Golf Hall of Fame. 31 LPGA Tour wins. Seven major championships. But more importantly, maybe not from San Francisco, but she's a homie. Call Santa Cruz home. She knows about the job. She's in on the Warriors. We'll pick her brains about more than just golf. She immediately shot to the top of, of our leaderboard in terms of guests. Mark DeLucci, he talks about Giants. We'll get him on the horn coming up at 3 o'clock. And then at 4 o'clock, we go out with Niners with Akash Anavarathan. He covers the Niners for Niners Nation. All right, do you hear this deal about Juan Soto? So Soto apparently turning down a deal reportedly worth 15 years at $440 million. I only mentioned Soto because the Giants, once again, this offseason are going to have some money coming off the books. All right? There's Judge out there. There's Aaron Judge, people that try to connect the dots, come back to California. I know it's a stretch to say he's from the Bay Area. Dude, he's, you know, went to Fresno State. I wouldn't call Fresno Bay Area. No. But he's California. Does he want to come back this way? And if he does... What's to stop the Los Angeles Dodgers getting into that bidding war, right? And what about Juan Soto? More importantly, your thoughts on the Giants going out and acquiring that big star? They need it. I think I've given my opinion, and I'll ring praise the next four hours. The Giants, you could tell over the past couple of years, they want to be efficient with their money. They're, they're trying to do more with less. And it hasn't necessarily been a bad thing. The past three years hasn't been bad baseball for the Giants. I know 
They didn't make the playoffs a couple years ago. We know what happened last year, magical. This year, I think they will sneak into the playoffs, too, as one of those last wild cards. Like, is that good enough? Like, for I don't think it is for Giants fans. This is a star-studded city. No, it's not Los Angeles, but you still always in the Bay Area is synonymous. Growing up, all I thought about, Barry Bonds, Steve Young, Joe Montana, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, the list goes on. You need a star. Barry Bonds. Now it's, Wil- now it's Wilmer Flores? Yeah. Rick, now, what is it? Wilmer Flores now? I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> Yikes. And that's no disrespect to anyone on this Giants roster. I've been covering most of these guys the last three, four years. Very, very great team to cover. All of them are very accessible and great with their time. But you need you need someone to move the needle. And... The Giants have to stop penny-pinching and being so efficient. There's money out here. Y'all got pockets. Go in them. Bring in an Aaron Judge. Bring in a Juan Soto. Draw your fans out to that ballpark. Like I said, no one's sitting in the frigid cold weather all all night for Mikey Stremski. It's just not happening. You know, you talk about the Giants and sort of the Wilmer Floreses and the Darren Ruffs, and they're they're very even keel, right? And that's one of the reasons... Extension of Gabe Kapler. He's Gabe, even keeled as they get. Exactly. And Gabe Kapler likes these guys. Don't get too up. Don't get too down. You can't... By looking at their body language and or talking to them post-game interviews, pre-game, you can't tell whether they're in the midst of an eight-game win streak or an eight-game losing streak. And he sort of likes that. And along comes Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. Got a little fire in his belly. Yep. And he's like, the hell with this. We're losing, man. Let's, let's, you know, let me toss the post-game meal. Let's get something going here. And then last night, Joey Bart, not necessarily chewing guys out. In fact, he wasn't. Maybe motivating himself. But there was Joey Bart going off. And Joey Bart started howling at the moon. Like, let's go, man. Let's get this thing going. And here's the big thing with Joey Bart is he backed it up. Bottom of the ninth inning, he, had the, he, set the, he was the tone setter. He went deep against Josh Hader. So maybe there needs to be a little of that. I don't necessarily just subscribe to that. But where are you at in terms of, well, we got to get emotional here and there's some sort of cause and effect and you win games by, you know, by kicking someone in the butt? I'm not opposed to that at all. Sometimes it's necessary. You know, I mean, we see it firsthand just down the street from Oracle Park at Chase Center, Draymond Green. He'll, he'll rile people up. He'll curse people out. It was so funny what Kavon Looney said uh, after the championship um, when, you know, they were chanting F.U. Draymond and that Boston crowd. And and then uh, in the locker room, they were asking Kevon Looney about it. And they were kind of just laughing, making fun of him. They were like, well, he's been cursing us out all season. So, <laughs> hey, he's getting a taste of his own medicine. So sometimes you need that because maybe the water gets a little stagnant. You need someone to get in there and just shake things up a little bit. Obviously, we know that is not Gabe Kapler's managerial style. If it is, he is very secretive about it. But I got to know Gabe Kapler as manager in Philly for the team that I was rooting for as a fan. And now I've gotten to cover him the past couple of years. He's I've literally never seen somebody as mild mannered, even killed and just straight to the point as Gabe Kapler. I used to try to drag sound bites out of him about last year. It was the Giants Dodgers rivalry. And whenever they would play and it's like you're racing for this. NL West division title uh, is this game? No, doesn't mean more. Just another game on, on the schedule, and uh, you know we don't really play into that. And I'm like, damn, Gabe, give me something, give me something. No one on the roster bit either. I don't know if they get trained for that or what. So it is a nice switch up to see Radon do that. 
because the Giants don't have anyone on their roster who does that. And like I said, the team is a little boring. It's just it's not a shot at any of the players. And I don't think anyone who is being objective can really disagree with me. Well, no, I was going to say they were boring last year, but they won 107 games, but they did have Buster Posey. Let's open up the phone lines officially. 888-957-9570. we got a couple of lines open. We'll start things out in San Jose. Prince Vince kicks us off on a Saturday afternoon. What's going on, Prince? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How's everyone doing this Saturday? Doing well. Okay, so my big thing with the Giants is this. And again, you guys are the experts. Please feel free to chime in at any point. They have a huge, not a, you know, the biggest budget in baseball, but as far as a budget standpoint, they have to be a top six, seven budget in all of baseball. My second point is they have some serious star power, not necessarily on that MLB team, but I'm talking about their minor league guys. I was able to see Marco Luciano play down here in San Jose. He has a phenomenal swing and just a phenomenal smile and a phenomenal sense for the game. My question to you, fellas, is when is Kapler, when is Farhan, when are they just going to take a little chance on some of these younger guys? Because there could be a couple studs in the making. And we don't want to wait until they're Joey B's age. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate it, Prince. Yeah, you're right. That Marco Luciano, man. If you watch that Marco Luciano, that star power, and he didn't have to say much, you have to do much. You can just... His body language, he is a dynamic player. His swing, his attitude, little just, you know, his overall demeanor, that's a guy that has that sort of X factor that you would pay and go watch. Now, Prince, just to answer the question, man, those guys are still young. They're still, as I, I believe... Marco's 20 years old. They, they're young, but I mean young in terms of baseball development. They're right. still... You know, they still got to get to double-A. They still got to get to triple-A. They still got to prove themselves when you're talking about Luciano, Kyle Harrison, the left-handed pitcher, Matos, the outfielder. We saw Ramos for a bit, Bednar. You know, these are guys that are still a couple of years away. Here's the thing, though. I do believe that's the foundation. Mm -hmm. And I think Farhan and Kapler recognize as much. And once you bring up that foundation, then it becomes about let's fill in some of the, the peripheral pieces. But that is going to be the Crawfords, the Belts, and the Buster Poseys of tomorrow. Would you be willing to part ways with guys like that? I know you would, man. You're a riverboat gambler when it comes to this stuff. Right? I am. I am. Like, look, I know the key to prolonged success in baseball is to always have guys in the pipeline. There's just That's kind of the recipe. But, you know, sometimes you just got to be in win-now mode, you know? And I think the Giants, I think Farhan and all his disciples and the people who answer to him, they play it too safe. You know, I know safe and practicality can be a great thing, and it's shown for the Giants over the years as they're really never terrible. They're always pretty good for the most part. Obviously, there's down years here and there, but there's a reason that they've had sustained success for a while, and they're always at the very least, in the middle of the pack, it's probably because that playing it safe manner and practicality. But man, it all comes down to the point that I've been hammering home for the last 20 minutes is sometimes you got to take risks and they just aren't risk takers. And that's boring. And my man, just to back it up, and I'm talking about Jason Dumas now. I don't know if you want to admit this, but a year ago, you were in 
on getting rid of the youngsters for the Golden State Warriors. So it's not as though Jason's just saying, now nah, this is how I feel today. This is this is basically how you live. So I got I got mad respect for it. Last year I think that you may have you may have come up you may have come up empty in terms of wanting to deal some of that youth of the Golden State Warriors and cashing in for that chip last year where you thought it could have been potentially one of the veterans. But I do respect if that's the way if that's the way you live, man, you you cannot get off on that. I mean you cannot you can't abandon who you are. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And as it pertains to the Warriors, I got to admit it. I was just surprised. This is before the season started, obviously. I didn't see this coming from Jordan Poole. I didn't see him becoming, like, one of the best scorers in the NBA on the low. Um, I was all in on – I thought they should have dealt Wiseman. I know yeah, a lot that of was people, it. I know a lot of people disagree. He's young. See what you got. Yeah, you know, I, I see that. I see that rationale. I don't think it's. I don't think it's stupid log- logic or flawed logic, but it's just not the way I see that situation. But look, the Warriors won a championship. They're in a position where Wiseman doesn't have to come back and be a world beater next year. They just need rim running, rim protection, defense, the smart play, uh, and you know they'll be fine out of that position with Wiseman. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, who knows, though? Who knows what's going to happen with the Warriors? They won a championship. They have a lot of assets on that roster. You have Kevin Durant still floating out there. I've heard reports that the Warriors are looking into him. I've heard reports the Warriors aren't looking into him. Who knows who to believe? But that's a situation that obviously people are going to keep kicking the tires on until we have some real news as it pertains to Kevin Durant. So, who knows? Oh, now. we'll get into that. We'll get. I have you a feeling you and I are going to disagree, and I know you got the NBA covered, so I look forward to that. Just want to wrap up with the San Francisco Giants because I got to be honest with you, Jason. We don't do this very often. No, I, I mean talk about the Giants simply because they're just trash, and, and there's not a lot to talk about. So I'm I'm that guy. That's right. Last week I was bashing him. Now you walk it off with a grand slam, and I'm sitting up and taking notice. Now keep that thing going. You're only a couple of games out of the playoffs. You're still very much in this hunt, and I can only think that things are going to get better for this team going forward when you think about the second half of the season. And that defense, man, that defense is just brutal, brutal to watch. The defense concerns me, and also it's that relief pitching. Like, fix that. Tyler Rogers. what the hell happened to you? I mean, and get that. You know, who's the setup guy? Who is now your eighth guy? I mean, I know you got Jake McCheese is gone, but <laughs> I, I'm always nervous when Tyler Rogers runs to the bump. But he was good a year ago. He stays. That's what I. That's, that's like everyone. It seems like everyone on the Giants roster last year had a career year, and it this year is almost inevitable. Like I kind of had the feeling it was going to come back down to this. A lot of people just came back down to earth, like. A lot. If you just look at career traje- trajectories on everybody on the roster, last year for a lot of them was an anomaly. A lot of them were playing back to their career averages right now or their career percentages. Tyler Roger is one of them. So that's not to say they're they're bad players. Uh, Tyler Rogers is extremely inconsistent. I don't think anyone is a hundred percent confident this season every time he runs out to the ball. No, hell no. But but the thing about baseball is that it can turn like that, and that's about confidence. And then suddenly, you know, it becomes infectious, right? One dude right. hits, the next guy hits, suddenly we're pitching, and everybody's pitching well. I'm just holding out hope for the second half of the season. 
in Farhan I trust. I'm going down with that guy. Let's sneak in another call before we get to the break. Tony's hanging out in Fremont. What do you got, Tony? Talk to me, my man. Hey, hey, what's up, fellas? You know, the, the whole thing is uh, uh, I kind of compare the Giants a little bit to the uh, pre-Curry Warriors uh, where big free agents don't want to come to San Francisco no matter what. Uh, you know, if uh, Juan Soto just turned down 440-something million, why is he going to want to come to San Francisco? Uh, the, he can't hit homers out of that part. Um, and this is the thing about the uh, about the Giants is I think honestly the uh, the the big the front end of the Giants have uh, brainwashed the fan base. You know the fan base is all about the stadium, the cha cha bowls, the garlic fries, and they let this team get away with murder over the years. The Giants want to be, and they always and this is the thing: the Giants fans always think, "Oh wow, we're the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox." No, you're not. You're not even the Cardinals. You never spend any money, any money, and you let this team get away with it. Give me a break, man. I don't care. You know, why isn't Bryce Harper on this team? I know he's hurt, but why isn't he on this team? Because he would never have come to San Francisco, right? Uh, let's just start with small things. Why isn't Frankie Montas on the on the Giants right now? He's right across the bay. The A's are, you know, are dusted, and there's no kind of deal for that guy. Don't. Please, Giant fans, do not let your team get away with this. Let Make them spend some dough. Uh, you know, we're going to come out in the next couple uh, weeks here and say, oh, well, we could have never got Soto, and Soto just didn't fit, and his average was a little low this year. Yeah, give me a break, man. Just keep on buying the cha-cha <laughs> Keep on buying those garlic fries, and you guys will be all good. The Giants are weak, man. They had a magical season last year, and that was great. But no way was that going to come over to this year. No way, man. Not with this division, not with the Dodgers. I mean, it's it's a joke, man. Give me a break, man. That's the funny thing is the Giants always want to clown the A's, but look at the last five years. The A's and the Giants have probably done about the same in the playoffs, and I'll leave you with that. Have a Tony, where the wow. hell you been, man? Let's get you in the rotation. Call back again, man. We got to get to a break. We'll discuss what Tony had to say. It's Jason Dumas and Dan Avone just getting started on a Saturday here on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. It is Alan Styles and Dan Avon on just a gorgeous Saturday afternoon. Didn't start out this way. To your point, Jay, so you grew up in this, you're living in the city, obviously. Mm-hmm. You wake up, you see that cloud coverage, right? This thing doesn't burn off until about noon. 
Meanwhile, those of you across the bay out there in the East Bay, I know you're just frolicking in the sunshine. It's like two different worlds. That's why we just run around and we're grumpy and we're, we're jumping at each other simply because, you know, we're a victim of the clouds and the coldest, uh, what is it, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco, according to Mark Twain. There you go. All right. Just before we move on from the Giants. That caller, he was on point about a lot of stuff. Oh, you want to talk about him? Yeah. Hell yeah. He was. I just disagree. Call. I disagree. The only thing I real well, obviously, I don't, I'm not as negative as that caller was. I don't think it's as bad as he's portraying. It's not. Giants have been pretty good. No, the A's haven't been just equally as successful. That's just objectively not true. Um, but I disagree with the fact that he said no one wants to come here. I, I just, you know, why not? San Francisco's a beautiful city. Chris Bryant came, obviously, so you can get guys. You can get guys. Bryce Harper didn't not come to San Francisco because of the city or anything. Philadelphia just wanted him more, you know? And, you know, he won MVP over there. So it is what it is. You know, you're not going to shoot 100% on every guy. Though I think the Giants should be more aggressive in obtaining those big-name guys, of course. But it's not that they're not coming because the city or the ballpark they play in and you can't hit it over the wall. That's not it. That's not it. The Giants just got to invest more and make more of a point to get those guys. But San Francisco is not, the city is not keeping these guys away. I think to the caller's point and just to defend him, is that I think what he was what he was leaning towards is that San Francisco thinks that they can get away with it by creating this you know the garlic cre- fries. Yeah, creating the cha cha bowls and creating this environment and creating this ecosystem where you're just part of this this wonderful experience out here at Oracle. And look at it, what it is that we're doing. We stand up and we dance to journey. Don't stop believing. Meanwhile, my man, just get out there and spend money. That's what I want. At the end of the day, I want to be the last man and or woman standing. I want to be a champion. So, yeah, while the environment's nice, I know it's San Francisco, and we got Silicon Valley, we have this elitist mentality. Dude, spend money like that of the Yankees, the Dodgers, and let's win at the end of the day. I think that's where a lot of fans feel, and sometimes they feel as though they've been slighted by that. The Warriors Um, spend money, and what do they do? They win. Yeah, get the crap taxed out of themselves, but... You know, bottom line, it's all about winning. So, but but also, and then to defend the San Francisco Giants is that you got to spend money, but you got to spend the right money because you don't want Chris Bryant on this team right now no. at seven years, one hundred and sixty-two million. He just hit his first home run in Denver. Right, Jock Peterson is better than him this year. So it's about being judicious, but definitely spend that money. And you can't just simply say, "Well, I don't know about this guy." It could be a risk. At some point, you got to pull that trigger, whether it's Aaron Judge or whether it's Juan Soto. Just wanted it. Dive into Juan Soto in baseball for a second before we move on. Juan Soto, and this is Chris pointed this out to me, our producer. It's like, to the you think the average fan knows who Juan Soto is? I'm sure they do, but this is the best pound for pound player in baseball. Mm-hmm. Is there something amiss here when it comes to marketing by that of Major League Baseball? I mean, when you think about, I mean, I don't have to talk about Shohei Otani just dying out there in Anaheim along with his man, Mike Trout, who might be the second, or maybe he's the best player in baseball. Why, don't, why aren't these dudes household names like Kevin Durant? I, you know, that's a great question, honestly. It's just they don't market their stars well enough. There's no other way you can say it. Juan Soto is a superstar. I covered Juan Soto when he played for the Hagerstown Suns when I was a sports anchor in Hagerstown, Maryland. Covered him for a full season. You could just tell he was better than everyone back then. And that's, that's single A ball, I think. Hager sounds I can't even remember, but uh, you could just tell he he had star written all over him. He used to hit the leather off the ball. 
in an Hagerstown Municipal Stadium, which was a dump. And uh, <laughs> and and here he is. And, you know, I don't think if, if Juan Soto was walking down the Embarcadero out of 10 people, how many people do you think would recognize him? Two. Right. And he's might be the best baseball player on the planet. That's wild. Now, someone like Aaron Judge would probably be recognizable. Well, he's six seven. Yeah, he's six seven. He plays for the Yankees. You know, he's a physical specimen. Looks like he was built in a lab. But a guy like Juan Soto, I mean, even same with Mike Trout. He's been doing it for six, seven years. And I don't think the average just guy walking down the Embarcadero would recognize Mike Trout. They'd probably be like, this guy's an athlete because he's built like a Brinks truck. But, you know, that's an issue. That's an issue. You got to look at your commissioner and be like, why aren't we... Why aren't we recognizable? The MLB just simply is not good at marketing. There's, there's no other yeah. way to say it. I think Mike Trout is the poster child when you talk about that that discussion of why where's the marketability? Why isn't this translating in terms of everybody being familiar with our sport? Let's get out to Danville and continue the conversation with the San Francisco Giants. Adrian wants to chime in. What's up, Adrian? How are you today? Oh, hey, how you doing? Fine. Listen, I just listened to you guys and uh you know, I mean, somebody's talking about the cold at, uh, you know, at the new ballpark. Hey, that's nothing compared to Candlestick. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> hey, my man, Adrian, do you go back to the crow at Candlestick? You remember the crow at Candlestick? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You used, I, to, get a, you used to get a button if you stayed for, like, a, an extra inning game because it was so cold. It was like, yeah. a, it was like a, a purple heart. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I don't think spending five hundred million, four hundred and something million for these big superstars is the way to go. I mean, you know, where's Philadelphia? I know Bryce Harper's hurt and all that, but you know, they, that's not the way. You know, the Giants—they just have to bring some of these young guys up and start. You know, look at the Warriors didn't do it by paying all these superstars. Okay, they brought that later. But they did it through the draft. And the Giants, you know, that's the way they got to go, too. I don't want them spending $500 million on some one guy. Why? It's not your money. Yeah. Well, I know it ain't my money, but but it's my team. That's not guaranteed that you're going to get somewhere. Look, at San Diego has spent a lot of money. Where are they? They're not. The Dodgers have spent a lot of money. They've won, too. But remember, they've won, too. <laughs> that money has paid well, off dividends for the Giants, or for the Dodgers. They they have won, too, but they got beat last year by a wild-card team. You know, it's not, uh, you know, I mean, it's, hey, it, it would be fun to have a big superstar, but that doesn't guarantee that you're going to have success, you know. Great call, and I don't Thanks, think Adrian. I don't think we're I don't think we're saying that it guarantees you wins. Of course not, it doesn't. But sometimes you just got to take risks. Just just on the same token, not spending money doesn't guarantee you anything. Either way, you got to go out and you got to perform. You got to compete. And I would argue that yes, San Diego has opened up their pockets for a lot of stars. And no, have they won anything? Do they have anything to say for it? No, but I think they've put out a pretty pretty competitive and pretty entertaining product. And I think, you know, I think they probably have had outside of that 107 win year with the Giants, I think they've probably been a more entertaining team to watch. And honestly, pro sports, aside from winning, is also about entertainment. People spend their hard-earned money 
to go watch an entertaining product, not to go put on two windbreakers and, and fall asleep in, in right field. You know? <laughs> two windbreakers ain't cutting it, man. <laughs> no. You need, a, you need some gloves and a hat. I was so shocked. Parka, when I, go thermal. I, my first, my first cover, my first, like one of my first games covering the Giants, I made the mistake. I was out there in a polo and some slacks. And by the seventh inning, I was like, I need a jacket. I need a car jacket. Or a drink. Yeah. Hey, man, and it, I've been out the old vet in Philadelphia covering oh, them Eagles. God, I'm in the sorry to winter. hear that. That in Soldier Field, you can have both of those in the middle of the winter, man. That, that wind coming off the lake in Chicago and as well as Philadelphia. You know they had a jail cell in, in, down in the bowels and a of, judge. of vet. Yep. That's right. They'll get their citation and their punishment right on the spot. Yeah, Philadelphia does not play. Uh, you know, we were talking about Juan Soto. So Juan Soto, the news was coming out that you know, Juan Soto had turned down a reported 15-year, $440 million offer. That would have been the largest contract in baseball history. Soto turned it down. Soto had told ESPN earlier this year that he declined a 13-year, $350 million deal. So, you know, Juan Soto is going to test the waters in free agency. Do the Giants pull the trigger and go after arguably the best player in baseball at the age of 23, a right fielder that can certainly use some outfield help? But I wanted to go here. Is there anybody in the Bay Area, and maybe we can go back a few years, but anybody in the Bay Area that you would feel comfortable offering a 15-year contract to, a 15-year deal, anybody jump in your mind there, Jason, that you would you would hand 15 years out at well, maybe, $440 million? <clears throat> Maybe not now, obviously, because of his age, but Steph Curry pops right out. When but Ste even Steph, I mean, so 15 years, you got to go back to when he was dealing with the ankle injuries. You're going to give that dude 15 years when he's like, hasn't been able to stay healthy the first three years in the NBA? I guess when you look at it from that perspective, <laughs> you're absolutely right. You know, hindsight in this situation, hindsight can't be 2020. You got to like, you just got to be. Well, to your point, right? Yeah, you got to roll that dice. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And just objectively speaking, no, I wouldn't have gave Steph. A 15-year contract based on the first one, two, three years of his career, and it has nothing to do with his talent, or it has no nothing to do with his talent, but more his availability. He wasn't available, and you didn't know if those ankle injuries would become chronic and for the and, and hamper him for the rest of the. We saw what happened to Grant Hill. Grant Hill, one of the most talented players ever. Oh yeah, his career was robbed because of those ankles. You know, it just it happens to some people. We, he's not. This kid isn't as talented as the two we we're just discussing. But the Warriors just drafted a guy with notoriously bad ankles and Patrick PBJ, Baldwin yeah. Jr. Hopefully, he can shake it. I mean, but still, you know, you're right. Um, Let me ask you this: maybe, maybe as much as that, maybe this? Bosa. Let me give you a scenario. We'll move out of. We'll move out of Bosa. Trying, ooh. Hmm. Like, he's pretty, wow. even when you drafted him, that's pretty much, you knew he was going to be a superstar. So Bosa says, I'll stay here. With 49er fans, are you comfortable giving him a 15-year deal? 15 years, he's on the books. First of all, you got to think about longevity at that position coming off the edge. But 15 years, would you give it to, if you had to give it to somebody in the Bay Area, would it be Bosa? How's this? What if Jonathan Kaminga balls out next year? See, Jonathan Kaminga's an all-star. He's that guy everybody thought he would be, but he's on a fast track. A lot, he's ahead of the curve. I'm a big Jonathan Kaminga fan. If Jonathan Kaminga turns in, I'm talking an all-NBA first team. Like next year. Next year. Yeah. 
But he's only, what, two years into the league. Would you give him 15 years? Oof. I'm not sure. I would. I, I, I like no Kaminga. No doubt I would. I like Kaminga. I was on the Kaminga train when he was in Walnut Creek playing for the Ignite before anyone knew who he was. Well, any casual person knew who he was. I still want to see a little more maturity from Kaminga. He is lucky to have veterans around him to harness, help him harness that talent. Uh, it's a full-time job from what I've been told. Is he? He's not a bad kid. He's not defiant. But, you know, he's never made a mistake if you ask him. You know, and <laughs> I love that about him. No, but you got to wonder with a mentality and attitude like that, would how would he fare if he got drafted by, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves or or the Sacramento Kings? And I'm not downing the Kings anymore because I'm trying to speak good mojo into that organization with Mike Brown over there. I wish him all the success. I hope they break that 16 year playoff drought. But to my point, I'm not sure of. He just has to mature. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, he has to mature. It's nothing lethal. He's not a bad guy. But let me let me catch you off for a second. But when you give someone a 15 year commitment and all that money, you got to think beyond the court too. Yeah, you yeah, know the productivity yeah. is going to be there. But you got to think: Is he going to be a great ambassador of your organization for the next 15 years? Is he going to be a great teammate? Is he going to help? continue that winning culture that the Warriors have built. you got to think about all of that. No, you have to take that into account, certainly, when you're giving up 15 years. I mean, it's an investment, just like anything else. Right. You know, I dabble in the business world. It's just, it's the same thing. Would you just lay it out about Jonathan Kaminga? Yeah, that could be a level of concern, man. But I don't know of a superstar, maybe for any sport, that doesn't feel that way. Yeah, you're right. I'm the baddest dude on the planet. I might be 19 and raw, but I don't know that. Mm -hmm. Conversely, I look at James Weissman. I'm I'm much more of a James Weissman fan than you are. But James Weissman's always looking around like, man, I Second suck. Himself, I need to yeah. like, get better. Very impressionable. J.K. don't think like that. No, he doesn't. Dude, I'm from the Congo. I've dealt <laughs> with a lot more than this crap, man. I'm here to ball. I, oh, I When I see him play... I have a sense that he's like, yeah, I got to give this up. I got to defer because I got to stay on the floor, and Kerr wants me to. But in the real world, I bet he feels he can deal on anybody, and that's including the NBA Finals. That's Jason Tatum. That's any of those boys you put in front of him. Now, yeah, he needs to mature because that ain't living in the real world, but I would rather have that as a deterrent than anything else. Yeah, it's, it's, it's easier to try to harness that than try to pull it out of somebody. You're right. Uh, it's just funny. You know, all season, and nobody has said anything like directly, but you can tell just just by subtle hints and how they speak. The players and the vets, they just spoke a little differently about Kaminga, or I mean about about Moses Moody than they did about Kaminga. Yeah, you know, I can notice it. Yeah. You just notice it. And, it's palpable, right? And it's and it's nothing about talent. It's not like oh, he's underperforming. It's like he needs to listen. That's that's once you sift through everything you're saying, they're essentially like he needs to listen more. He needs to understand what we need for him, what we need him to do. You never got that impression when they talked about Moses Moody. Never, because, you know, Moses Moody, he knows his role. He knows what he has to do. He knows what he's good at, knows what he's bad at. He knows what Coach Kerr wants from him. And, you know, Moses Moody, he probably doesn't have as much raw talent as Jonathan Kaminga. But, you know. You just have this feeling Moses Moody is going to be in the NBA the next 12 to 14 years. Just he's the ultimate professional wise beyond his years. He has two or three just identical skills, identifiable skills that 
NBA teams need. Um, and I think highly of Kaminga. Don't get me wrong. I wanted them to draft him. I was on him for a while. They just, I, and this is more me, my opinion than an actual report, but I think the Warriors really would like to see a little more maturity from Kaminga from some things that are other than just pure basketball skills. How problematic do you think it is? I don't think it's problematic. Okay. But like I said, it's not problematic because of his situation. He was fortunate enough to come. Because, you know, Draymond ain't letting that stuff slide. Yeah. Steph, Andre, they'll check you. On everything. They'll check you. So yeah. he, he has people to rein him down. That's what I'm saying. He's lucky. Because in other situations, like, you know, there's how many teams are just 12, 14 kids on the roster? Yeah. You know? Or or even maybe have some vets who don't have much clout where Kaminga can just roll their eyes at him. Like, okay, old man. He came into a perfect situation, and it's helped him. And I hope that he takes advantage of all the mentorship and the wisdom that's around him and will be around him for the next two to three years if he stays on this roster. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get out to Filmo Mike hanging out in San Francisco. Filmo, how are you on the Saturday afternoon? What's up, buddy? Oh man, I'm chilling, living, working, chilling, as I like to say. Uh, y'all having a great conversation. I wanted to uh, talk about baseball. Baseball has a huge problem to me when you got regular basketball players like, let's just say, I don't know, C.J. McCollum is more, you know, he's more recognizable than the best baseball players in baseball. Mike, whoever it is. And another thing I point to is just that the analytics era, it's not it's not too appealing on watching the game. When I came up, when I was watching baseball, like you had different personalities, you had different stars, you had different variety styles of play. So it's like if you're seeing the way they play now versus the way when I in the nineties and two thousands when I was coming up, you had you know, you had action. Baseball was a fun game to watch. It was appealing, it was interesting. Now the way they play, it it doesn't help the, the viewer. It's not helping their ratings. I mean, they, they may be making money, but it's not like it's it's a better product in my opinion. And Ken Griffey, I could go down the list. John Crook was recognizable. You know what I mean? Like you had regular players that were personality filled, had great personalities, and they did a way better job of getting those players out there. The way they do it now. I wouldn't know who uh, Mike Trout was, you know, besides he had, a, you know, his neck and stuff like that. I wouldn't know who he is, you know. So I just think they need to get back to really just playing baseball. This analytical stuff is cool, but what is it really producing? Are they really winning championships playing this type of baseball? No. Filmo coming strong on a Saturday. Thanks, my man. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that – that's some gentrification for your booty right there, man. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I think I think nerds are ruining baseball, man. I think the most important dude in the room now has become the accountant slash. Nerds are, nerds are ruining sports. Yeah, like, dude, go back to math class. Nerds need to stop ruining the fun of sports. They do. Like, honestly, some of the basketball interaction on Twitter literally makes me sick. I'm like, I, I just look at it and I tap out. I can't converse with you, man. I just can't. Like, you probably can't even make a left-handed layup. They're can't. going straight up sabermetrics and yeah, looking yeah, at... Come on, bro. 
you take you sucking the fun out of basketball conversation. You just are. Now, look, I know having some analytic guys on your there's some analytic guys on the Warriors staff. It helps. It complements. Yeah. But when I'm when I'm at the bar with a with a beer in my hand, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. No, no, man. And, and go home. Go drink your craft IPA somewhere else. The whole idea of going out as a manager and just just looking at a pitcher in the eye and saying, "Man, you got some dog in you. Can you go another inning?" And you look in his eyes and say, "Yeah, you know what? I can see it." As opposed to the little guy in his horn room glasses saying, "No, no, no. It's the fifth inning. He's thrown fifty three pitches, and this is what the SIB, whatever the, he's got to come out of the game." I mean, sometimes, and now the shift. Yeah, the shift works. You get guys out, but who the hell? Who the hell cares? Back when I was growing up, there was a ground ball through the box, headed to center field. You would either get a headlong dive by a second baseman, or, or Derek Jeter ranging to his left. Can he get it? Now there's a guy sitting right there. Yeah, he's out, but you've taken away all the joy of baseball. You might be right, but this isn't this isn't math class, man. This is sports. Leave it to the athletes. Stop, and especially baseball. Stop crunching numbers to the point where you've taken all the fun and the, the level of excitement out of the sport because it's it's left to basically nothing. I know that's that's a bit of an overstatement, but I get your point. If though. all you're into are dudes throwing gas at 98 miles off the black, striking dudes out, and then the other guy just simply with the launch angle, it's either a strikeout or a home run. That's not the game I grew up with. I don't want to be that dude standing on the porch going, "Come on, man, back to my day." No. I, I enjoy baseball more now. I enjoy NBA much more now. But I'm just saying, we got there's got to be a happy medium here because this stuff is unwatchable at times. I echo that sentiment, man. I, I agree. Take nerds. Text out of line is going garlic fries and no, not that's not the one I want. What is it? Uh, what did I see down there? All right, somebody's telling me to kick rocks. Why? Oh, because I was saying it's it's cold out here. Well, it is, man. Come to San Francisco when it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Takes real men like Jason Dumas hanging in the city. Where are you in the city? What part now? I'm you don't have to give it up. No, no. I'm in the outer Richmond. All right. See, that's... I'm in the outer Richmond. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> outer Richmond. Now, you may as well. <laughs> How many hot days has there been in the outer Richmond? Like Since three? I moved there? Like two? <laughs> I used to live in Russian Hills. So much warmer there. <laughs> you gotta, you're making your way down to the Mission District. That's where you want to be, man. That's a whole nother microclimate. There, it's like 75 yeah. every single day out that way. The mission is it's too busy for me. Like I like it's gentrified. I, too. I like like financial district busy. I don't like just like I can't walk down the street because people are just like everywhere busy. It's it's just annoying. I want I don't think I would like to live in the Richmond. I, I was you mean mission or Richmond? In in the mission. I don't think I would like to live there. I the the outer Richmond is cool. You're out the way. Yeah, there's some hoops. You're by the water if you like that. Um, you know, Russian Hill just had a lot going on. One step this way, I'm on Polk Street. The other step that way, I'm on in North Beach. Beautiful scenery. Look at Alcatraz when I walk out my door. But you know, every part of the city has its charm, and every part of the city has its pros and cons. Mission District, man. When I was growing up, you'd go out there, you get some. You know, you go to. Lacumbre, 
It was real. Now that place is so yuppified, I can't even recognize it. All right, Julie Inkster is coming up next. She's one of our favorites, of course, a Hall of Fame golfer. We'll talk golf, but more importantly, she'll get into the Giants, talk Warriors, as well as get into some Niner talk if we want. Julie Inkster next with Alan, excuse me, that would be Jason Dumas and Dan Avone next on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.